Welcome to San Diego Magazine's Happy Half Hour. This is our fun food and drink focused podcast uh, taped with our food critic, Troy Johnson. We've got David Martin over here who produces the podcast and runs everything digital at the magazine. I'm Aaron, and we've got Wing It over here. If you guys like our Instagram, that's all Wing It. All Wing It. Follow us. Resident millennial. Like a human avocado toast. (laughs) A walking tartine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yet the tartine is new. I like that. It is two crabby old Gen Xers, Aaron and I. Oh, I'm not Gen X. We're only excited about We've got every generation. I think I'm the oldest, or I'm like the cusper. Oh, you're on the cusper? Because I was born 82. Okay. I need to to renew... I need to renew my I'm rivalry I'm way older you. than you and a little younger than you. I'm like the cusper. I understand everyone. I'm the peacemaker, the middle child. Um, <laughs> You're the mom of the show. I am, totally, with the minivan. Uh, okay, we uh, talk about all things food and drink. We always start our show with hot plates. You're going to get all the news of what's opening and closing in the restaurant scene. David does an awesome 60-second beer review. We have a great partnership with the Padres. We're going to talk about the best things to eat at Petco Park. We have a very cool special guest this week, Rachel King. Uh, she's an acclaimed pastry chef, and she's moved into the cannabis market, so she's got a whole new line of sweets um, and baked goods um, that are infused with uh, cannabis. So we'll get into this story in a little uh, a little bit later, but I mean, the first time I reached out to her, she'd just been doing this for years. Um, and I, I reached out to her um, when she was first starting, and I was like, oh my God, you're one of the best pastry chefs in town. You're getting into the cannabis space too. And I'm like, let's talk about it. She's like, no. Mm-mm. Well, things have changed a little since then, so <laughs> She's I'm like, a little more open now. Absolutely, because this whole industry has right. become out of, it's coming out of the closet. Everybody's like, I don't really, I'm, I have a name, I don't want to tarnish yeah. it with being a, you know, and now it's like, you right. know what, it's okay. No, they have publicists and everything now. I know. All right, the so whole we're going to talk about this in a bit. Uh, and then we do have a hot topic as well, um, food delivery apps. Oh, this one is just, I don't want to get everyone all freaked out. Marie, No, Kepko, I love I this one. Reject I love this one. <laughs> The one I proposed was babies in tasting rooms and how we all feel about that. Yeah. But Marie was like, no, let's talk about delivery apps. Yeah, Again, because as we discovered last <laughs> episode, apps, you don't like children. That would be my, my top uh, point. <laughs> <laughs> and we edited that out <laughs> of our show. No, um, but... This is about how, not about the apps, but about how the drivers that are doing the, the doing the driving of the food are tempted to to smell it and not, taste not it. Not tempted. Ew. They found that 30% are actually oh taking God. a couple fries, mm, you 30%. know, or, or testing I, it. That just gives me the willies. Ah, uh, all right. Okay. So we'll, we'll get into yeah. that, you know. Um, yeah. And then we yeah. always end our show with what we call two people 50 bucks. That's our own personal recommendations of what we've been eating and drinking lately. Or two people 500 if you're Troy Johnson. Yeah. Or two people 50 <laughs> bucks if the food is free. If you're over and wing it last week. If people want to charge me, they can. No one does. The, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. The soul of that segment was supposed to just bring it back down to normal. Like you're just two normal people wanting to get a bite. And these people and, and are wing, taking you to Baja. They're crossing borders. She's wing, getting three like, $12 right, cocktails. Here's where I ate for free this week. <laughs> <laughs> Open to hosting opportunities. Aye, aye, aye. All right, let's start it off. Wing it. The East Village is getting a new restaurant from a star chef with local ties. Calais is going into the space where Bottego Americana was and will be run by Travis Swickard. He left San Diego over 10 years ago for New York City, where he worked alongside legendary French chef Danielle Baloud. Travis came back to San Diego and has spent the last year looking for the right location for his new restaurant before deciding on the East Village. He's going to do a preview dinner of Calais' menu 
at a pop-up dinner at Fort Oak on September 26th. What? Wait, but That's I thought the Cone great. Group brought him back. This is huge. So did he ditch him? Huge news. No, he's still uh, partnering hey, with yeah. them. Oh, okay. But they're silent oh. partners. Yeah, they, they, as, as I understand it, and I'm not going to go into their economics because I don't know them um, specifically well, um, but I understand that the Cone Group has basically sponsored his, his trip back to San Diego. I mean, okay. they, they basically have um, supported him financially. He's helped them out with some of their concepts, you know, while he's getting his feet and looking for a restaurant. Um, and they are, I believe, investors in the new, um, in oh. the new space. Mm-hmm. Okay. But Travis was, I mean, Daniel Balut's right-hand man. We're not talking like a sous chef. We're not talking a stage. We're not talking. He was his right-hand man at Bar Sud, Sud, Sud um, for 10 years. I mean, he's right-hand man for 10 years. This kid knows some things about food. This is a really, really good chef who's put in his time, you know, has not, you know, gone to culinary school, you know, done an externship, you know, at, you know, French Laundry and is like, whoa, I, I will put my own bistro, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. Worked under Thomas Keller. Exactly. Exactly, you're like for two weeks. You know, I mean, this he has. This is big news for San Diego. I'm worried about the space. Yeah, Yeah, here it is. Uh, So tell everyone the space. It's former Bottega Americano, deep in the East Village, past Petco, which is past the library, or no, before the library. It's 12th and J, I believe, or no, 13th and J. So it's what Bottega Americano was a really good uh, concept as well, run by a few really passionate guys in San Diego. I mean, it's just it's two blocks over or a block over on out of Main site if anybody can bring an audience there it's a guy that was sure. daniel balud's right hand man for 10 years and there is more housing there and there's mm-hmm. more stuff going on now so mm-hmm. maybe maybe i mean the space itself is beautiful it's it is just mm-hmm. the location is it's iffy and you've been in restaurants i mean you you were at you know, I mean, a 910 i mean a bunch of different restaurants i mean how much is, does location come into play i mean location is key it's paramount in my opinion but again he has a name so mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes i mean i yeah. hope it works yeah because i'd like to eat his food i so. know <laughs> and, and travis exactly i mean i did a first look on a restaurant at black rail which we talked about last week i mean but he he basically consulted on that menu and helped develop that menu as well so he's been developing a, he's his footprint is already all over yeah. san diego which is great he's helping up the level of every um uh, you know like uh, chef and, and kitchen in San Diego but when he has his own spot I do believe that if anybody can do it you mm-hmm. know it's going to be this guy and that will be so good for East Village and I mean and just San Diego in general and just downtown I mm-hmm. mean outside of Little Italy and it seems like I think it was the someone in the cone group maybe it was Deb Scott or somebody said that like he really reached a point where he wanted to settle down and like mm-hmm. he's got little kids and he just said I, where do I actually want to live now if I'm going to keep doing this where do I actually want to live like I don't need to kind of be working my way up anymore I can choose where I want to go open my spot and he says he wants to come live in San Diego so that to me also bears well for how well it's it's kind of like Richard Blaze like he came here and he was like no I'm just going to live here like I'm going to put mm-hmm. my kids in school like mm-hmm. I'm going to live here and I feel like that's a different level of commitment than I'm going to open a restaurant here and see if it works yeah and yeah Especially if you're a hometown guy. I mean, I think the family connection and we'll see. I, I didn't realize he was working with the Cohen group. That's interesting. Yeah. I am nuts. But didn't they say that on you our know, show? Well, yeah. Yeah. So, so basically, they're, they they've they basically you know, helped him come back to San Diego and get his roots. And I believe they are investors into his new restaurant. I mean, you know, I mean, even though you've been with Daniel Ballou for 10 years, I mean, you know, to open up a restaurant like at, at Botego Americano, you're going to need money. Uh, you yeah. know, you need <laughs> You need money. Can you and, imagine the rent on that space? And hopefully, you know, and hopefully what they get from the Cone Restaurant Group, too, is, you know, they get buying power, you know, um, because Cone Restaurant Group has so many um, restaurants. You know, when you have that many restaurants and you're buying for that many heads and you're buying that, you know, if you buy a fish, you get a dollar fifty to two dollars sure. off mm-hmm. um, per pound, you know, because you're buying In bulk. so, so much. So he's paying less for potatoes yeah. than everyone else. Uh, ho- and they're... 
The way it's described is he is David Cohen and Deborah Scott are partners. Uh, and though the project will not be an official member of the CRG family. So it's not affiliated with CRG. Mm-hmm. David and Deborah are just, just partners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Hey, this has taken a long time for them to find a place. Because I remember seeing Deb down at the San Diego Bay Food and Wine Festival a, a year ago. And she's like, hey, Troy, if you've got any ideas about um, locations. And I was like, the only place you shouldn't go into is the Bottega Americana. <laughs> <laughs> um, <I, laughs> so. Those wise words were definitely heated. Do we know if he's going fancy? Is he going classic? It's called Cali. I'm assuming something California-ish. Do we know anything about the food? I don't know anything about it yet. Okay. I'm going I'm to be talking to him this week. But the, I, I'd imagine he's going to go fancy. Marie, yeah. we should get him on the show. Oh, you know, although here. although fancy, affordable fancy um, would, would probably be the best bet because everything is, is going fast casual now. You know, mm-hmm. you do really good food, real, you know, you have like maybe a to-go program, you know, like a boulangerie, that sort of thing. You I'm know. reading well, I'm that, for that he's kind of gearing it to be a communal dining experience, veggie forward, homemade pastas, flatbreads, crudos, et cetera, et cetera, and a 30-seat cocktail bar. That oh. will include lunch, a semi-open kitchen, and a private dining room. Now, I, I, I just urge everybody in San Diego to actually go down. It's more, as soon as this yeah. place opens, go down and check it out because this man is talented. We're going to work to get him on the show so we can all talk yeah. to him. I also suggest following him on Instagram because it's cool. He is. He's like working with all kinds of chefs. He's mm-hmm. at every different kind of restaurant. He's buying produce. He's a cool chef to follow on Insta. All right. Well, moving plug. on. Communal Coffee. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is so weird. How did this news get on our <laughs> hot plates? Communal Coffee is expanding in South Park. <laughs> the owner is transforming a vacant lot on Fern Street into an outdoor cafe that's already happened it happened last year and then to next door there was this little shop called Junk Life that had been there for like 14 years Uh and the owner was like you know what I'm tired I'm done I'm over this I'm closing and so Jen the owner of Communal is taking over that space so they'll kind of complement each other they won't be the exact same space so Communal right now has that cute little vintage Shasta trailer and the market lights and it's adorable and this is going to be a little bit more focused on her shop and kind of her boutique aesthetic um, with some seating so it's going to be really an exciting addition to the already exciting neighborhood. In South Park, um, which is, if anybody hasn't listened to this podcast at all, um, that's that's where um, um, Wing It lives. <laughs> yeah. um, you can generally find me stalking the streets. We used to live there, too. Yeah, yeah I love that yeah. neighborhood. It's, it's one of the best neighborhoods. Yeah, it's yeah. the best. For We're sure. actually buying a house, and it's not in South Park, and so it's really... It's having to come to terms with that, and like, who am I going to be on this podcast oh, when I don't live there? When you don't, ha- I, <laughs> when I, I have to live in North Park. <laughs> yeah, you're identityless, but that's yeah. okay. You're going to find it. You're going to find. Yeah, to and then it's got Wayfair Bread in it too, which is your favorite yes. place in the world. Yeah, yeah, literally five steps from my front door, I get all the best things that San Diego. So welcome to the Happy Half Hour, brought to you by Lauren Wingett's blog. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Burns. Yes. Uh, so then there's more coffee news. There's a new Invigatorium. It's a collaboration between Modern Times and CH Projects. Oh. It's down in the old Juice Saves and Coffee and Tea Collective space. It is very cool. Uh, Modern Times is known for their craft beer. They also have a coffee component, and this is their first you know, coffee-forward concept. Uh, next in the other side of the room, there's going to be, they're still building the bar. It'll be open on August 16th if I'm quoting Jason right, um, and it's going to be called Prosciutto Boys, which is going to be a Negroni bar with like cured meat plates and sandwiches and kind of geared towards industry people before their shift. They want to go drink. This is where you go. So it's a very cool dual concept from CH Projects. Yeah. Yet again, throwing it down. Also, there's dinosaurs in this space and it's very cool. (laughs) Dinosaurs (laughs) have success. Uh, You know, the consortium, that's where their um, their office had been for a long time. They've been trying to figure out what to do with that space. It's across the street from the kebab shop, right? 
by um, right around the corner from East Village Tavern. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and so it's a big space. And it, it's a nice space. And, you know, Modern Times has, you know, really good cold brew. They have one of them on, on the can. It says in the ingredients, it says like, you know, some berry, something this, and it says sex. And I was like, I thought I drank that way too fast. <laughs> I, thought I, I thought I finished that way too quickly. Sorry. Anyways. Okay. Sorry. 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 We're getting uh, an E rating now. Explicit. Put explicit. that on there. Um, but no, but they, they make really good coffee. And Modern Times has done a really good uh, job, you know, as, as a, you know, a craft mm-hmm. beer place in San Diego. So those two collabing together, it's just going to be ridiculous. It's going to be over the top, like, you know, like jokes and like meta. Already they have yeah. Signs up about hiring, and it's like we suck. Come work or something. Yeah, something don't, very irreverent. Don't it's sort apply of like you here. Like choke it down. Saying. It's like okay, yeah. I get it. You're way cooler than me. It's oh, pretty good. I, I love. I, this is why we love consortium, right? Consortium mm-hmm. has you know. I, we just reviewed in the new, new issue, uh, Morning Glory, that brand, oh, yeah, yeah, brunch yeah. place. You know, and they have you know craft and commerce, born, Ironside, and you know born and raised and all that. You know, but I do love them because you know, they, yes, some of it's trying too hard. Yeah. You know, but you at least they're trying. Like they yeah. look at everything and they're like, yeah. And even when it doesn't work, they're like, screw it. It didn't work. (laughs) But you're right. At least they make an effort and not a lot of people do. Like their chef, Jason McLeod, has got a Michelin star, you know, and he's just like, they they have a new donut donut company and it's called like uh, Jason's Shitty Donuts. Yes. Every (laughs) Saturday morning on Ironside. We need to have him back on. He was a great guest. (laughs) He's amazing. Um, We also randomly in our Hatch magazine a couple of years ago, we photographed their office, which did they move the office or is it still there upstairs? Mm -hmm. It's very cool looking. So maybe Marie, we can link to that on this post. Yeah, that they have a big story. Uh, life, like a huge floor to ceiling mural of um, American Psycho of mm-hmm. what's the actor? Uh, Christian Bale. Christian yeah. Bale. Like blood on his face, yeah. splattered. Like, yeah, the, the, dark, the second floor dark. boardroom, they have a glass floor on mm-hmm. that second mm-hmm. floor. So if you sit down at the boardroom, I'm like, ah, uh, I don't know how OSHA or like the Me Too movement <laughs> yes. feels about this yes. boardroom. We yeah. will link to those photos. Yeah. It's very cool. Okay, yes. and then... um. All right. Let's see Barrio Dog. Last yes, one. last but not least, Barrio Dog, the popular gourmet hot dog shop on Logan Avenue, just added a new tap room to their restaurant. They're getting so busy on weekends that they needed to expand, so they took over the space next door for more seating. The tap room has beers from both San Diego and Mexico, and the owner is planning to open locations in LA and even as far away as Tokyo next year. This is oh. the apex of the fast casual movement coming to fruition. I mean, <laughs> hot dogs are the hot new thing. You know, I mean, we're getting, <laughs> we've gotten so much fatigue about you know full service restaurants and the labor is really expensive and everything else and it's like make a gourmet hot dog and go on your way son you know i mean this is like I mean, this is where we've been headed for the last five years i mean if it's good it's good it's good it's good you know I, who doesn't like a good hot dog yeah. i still i mean look i you know I, I i'm lucky in my job to eat some really amazing food for some yes. very talented people mm-hmm. i still when i go to costco i get that damn hot dog every oh, single so time every oh, time every time yeah costco hot Done. Okay, you guys, that's Hot Plates. Uh, make sure you go to SanDiegoMagazine.com. We put up a post for every episode of this podcast, so we'll link to all of this stuff uh, there. Make sure you check your San Diego magazines. I know you all subscribe already, or you buy it at Vons, Whole Foods, Sprouts, Target, uh, all, Ralph's, all those places. Uh, and if you don't, go to SDMag.com slash insiders. That's where you can figure out how to subscribe to the magazine as part of our insiders program. You get all kinds of um, perks and discounts, even a free happy hour from us once a month. So uh, there's a Hot Plates column in there every month. Big shout out to Marie Tetko, who helps produce this podcast and gather all this info for us. I also, this is where I mentioned Troy's blog. He's got different kinds of stuff at uh, SD Food News in between print issues as well, uh-huh. including first looks at some of these places. Exactly. Yes. Uh, okay, you guys, we're on to David's 60-second beer review. Here it comes. 
Nah, last week's natural. You can't top that, brother. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wish it was my birthday again so we move on to Keystone, but okay, fine. Well, there's always next year. Uh, this week, we're definitely going to go back to something delicious and local uh, from a new brewery in town, which uh, we've talked a little bit about, Original 40. They have this beer called Crispy Boy, which is this really, really rad uh, German Helles lager. I had this on Friday before a concert I went to, and... Um, I couldn't believe how fresh, crisp, and refreshing it was. Like the beginning of it, kind of had it started with a little bit of like biscuit flavor on the mouth, but then slowly dies, and it's the super, super nice, dry, dry German lager flavor to it. But I had it with mussels, came out amazing. Clocks in at four point seven percent. Definitely go there, check it out, and enjoy. Crispy boy, man. I mean, named after from... the brewer too. Is it really? Yeah. Well, his nickname. His nickname is Crispy. His name is Chris, but yeah. uh, also his Instagram yep. handle. Okay. All yep. Right. It sounds a little libidinal, to be quite honest with you. You know what I mean? Doesn't it? I mean, come on. It's like some, you know, the, the craft beer, Crispy Boy. Like, you, where else do you use the word B O I? I don't know. In okay. B O I. B O I. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, the craft beer industry is just all sex. You know, I mean, these guys. I don't know if it's because they don't get any or because they get too much. But I mean, it's it's really it's just so much sex in all their namings. We're partnering with the Padres all season long, uh, in honor of the 50th season of Padres baseball here in San Diego. And of course, we are a food podcast, so we are counting down our 50 favorite things to eat at Petco Park. We're going through all the categories: international ease, all the local ballpark favorites, and right now we are in the sweet treats category. Two things we want you to try next time you're at Petco Park for a Padres game. The baked bear ice cream cookie sandwich. Mm -hmm. Very delicious. Uh, As well as the Seaside Market cake slices. Two great sweet treats to try next time you're at Petco Park. And you can get your tickets, of course, at Padres.com. Go Padres. Loving this season. Oh, that's right. We had a baked bear cookie on our cover. San Diego Tatises. El Nino, man. El Nino. Come on our show. I wonder where he eats. I know. I wonder what he... I want to go eat with Fernando. Yeah. Okay, um, we're moving on, you guys. We have a great special guest this week, an acclaimed pastry chef, Rachel King. Uh, you have worked at restaurants such as 910 and Mr. A's. Uh, when you were the pastry chef at Searsucker in 2013, you were nominated for Best New Pastry Chef by Food & Wine Magazine. Oh, I totally remember that. Uh, you've branched <laughs> off on your own into the world of edibles, meaning cannabis-infused um, sweets and baked goods, and you founded Canna. Did I say that right? Yeah, Canico. Canico. As the culinary director, you're creating all the recipes for the cookies, jellies, brownies, and more, each infused with California-grown cannabis extract. And for the podcast listeners, since they can't see it, we'll just say that it's spelled K-A-N-E-H. Yep. Co. Now, I got to say, okay... Before we get into how you got into this, yeah. I, mean, I did a, a cover story on the on the emerging you know um, recreational marijuana industry um, for San Diego Mag about four years ago, you know, and I found out that somebody's like, oh my god, do you realize that Rachel King, one of the best pastry chefs in San Diego, is doing um, edibles? Like she's mm-hmm. taking her sweet treats, which are delicious, and she's actually infusing them. So I called her and I'm like, I'm like, hey, hey, let's do the story, let's talk about it. And she's like, no. <laughs> uh, she just wasn't quite ready, and I would imagine that's okay. That tell me about that time because you know you'd made a great name for yourself in restaurants in the traditional marketplace, you know, non-cannabis space, and then this new industry is emerging. And you know, I, I think it makes so much sense that somebody of your talent would, would switch over into cannabis. But was it how nerve-wracking was it? And you obviously weren't comfortable with it in the beginning. Yeah, I was not comfortable. Um at first, really, I didn't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, only close family and friends. And people would ask me what I was doing. And I'd be like, oh, just a little something mm-hmm. here and there. And I was doing consulting and stuff like that at the time. I was baking for Carnitas as well. So I, I was doing those things. But um, my main focus was this. And um, 
at that time it was all medical so all two, prop mm-hmm. 215 and i just didn't feel comfortable because it was not quite mainstream and i was unsure whether it was going to work out and i felt like if i did put it out there that maybe yeah i would not be able to go back to restaurants if that's what i wanted to do mm-hmm. um so it still that's amazing because we we were talking about a, a, a newly legal sure. you know um, substance uh, substance which you know if you do any of the research you know it has a great many properties probably more healthy for you than alcohol to be quite honest with you oh, yeah. way more um, and you know but still there was that stigma in the beginning well there still is stigma yeah um, I mean I have some of my friends' parents still don't know what I do because I just don't want to deal with the judgment, right? I mean, like, I'm old enough. I have my own kids, right? Like, why do I care? But I, for some reason, somebody else's parents, you know, I don't need to deal with that. Um, But, yeah, I mean, now the tides are definitely changing. I mean, I still don't tell everybody, but the difference now is that sometimes I just don't feel like getting into the conversation. Mm -hmm. It's not that I'm embarrassed, or I wasn't embarrassed before, but it was more just um, the disapproval from certain people. Um, But now it's like, oh wow, that's so cool. And they'll Mm -hmm. tell you a story about whoever does CBD or my mom takes this THC product. The so. amount of people that I've seen, like I, I've run at people that I would have never expected would have taken CBD at all, you know, oh, yeah. that were against <clears throat> it vehemently. And they're like, oh yeah, no, I get down to the semester all the time. I get my, you know, CBD drops. I get everything else. Yeah. You know? Once you start talking to people, it's very interesting how prevalent this kind of product is, um, mm-hmm. but people don't really talk about it, right? So once you kind of signal it's okay that you can say you do this, then people come out of the woodwork. But um, yeah, if I don't really want to go down that road, I just say I'm a pastry chef. Absolutely, because if yeah. I start talking about it, they want to tell me their story about how they accidentally ate edibles. Uh-huh, uh, right. <laughs> or, you know, whatever. They got way too high one time. So yeah. Um, the, yeah. the stages of eating an edible is one of my favorite I mean, tweets of all time. It's yeah. like, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, take me to the hospital. Yeah, we all, <laughs> I think we've all experienced that for sure. Um, so, I mean, tell me about like a traditional baking, I mean, or not baking, I mean, you make all kinds of sorts of, of treats, um, but, you know, doing pastry um, cooking and then working with um, cannabis. How hard is it? What, what are the specific challenges of it? So, pastry in itself is extremely detail oriented, mm-hmm. but this is taking it to the next level Mm -hmm. right Um, because everything has to be dosed exact Mm -hmm. Um, and the leeway for air is very very small so portioning um, we have to go down to the half gram Mm -hmm. um, which is very time consuming Um, you know when you're portioning stuff at a restaurant or a bakery you use a scoop it's fine Mm -hmm. not for what we do so that's a big deal Um, everything has to be tested um, vigorously so some of our ingredients we found out we couldn't use like the lemon zest on organic lemons we still couldn't use those um so we had to it didn't pass the pesticide or i can't remember exactly what test um but things are so strict that things you can get at the grocery store and eat we can't put in our product Mm -hmm. um so that's been an interesting thing. Um, and when you first started uh, cooking with this, I mean, were you nervous? I mean, I mean, obviously. I had no idea as far as that process. So what mm-hmm. I had to do is take my knowledge and then get the rest of the knowledge from my partners because 
I didn't know what I was doing, to yeah. be That's honest. what I was going to say. Was this your idea to start this company, and then you went out looking for sort of help and investors, or was it a group of people that started and then hired you as the pastry piece of it, or how did it come about? Um, so I was a very hesitant uh, partner in this business at the beginning. <laughs> um, so originally, my brother had been in the industry, and some other people that we knew from high school were in the industry. Um, we all went to Patrick Henry at different years. Um, I'm the grandma of the group because it's every that's 20 and 25. Um, and they had had um, edible companies and ran dispensaries, and they wanted to start something that was more gourmet. Um, because especially at that time, people were using box cake mixes, cookie mixes. Basically, it was just a vessel for people to take as much THC as possible, um, you know, so um, they wanted to kind of change that. And so I started out as a consultant, but then hesitantly agreed to partner on. Um, and they taught me all the things I needed to know to kind of dose properly. Um, so they yeah. brought that side and I brought the baking You brought side. the superfood granola, the, oh. I'm looking at the things, the, the salted toffee blondies. I just had a mango chili jelly. Mm -hmm. That's delicious. The best of That's both one of my brownies. Yeah, these are definitely some gourmet mm -hmm. flavors and some more complex. And we're eating yeah. the non-medicated ones. Yeah, just so you know, yeah. this Don't podcast worry. is not, not going to get no, really yeah, weird. It says there's giant non-medicated yeah. The larger point than of the word life, brownie, man. it says not medicated. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, and we should say we were talking about CBD and everything, but these are not mm. CBD infused. These no. are cannabis infused. All the baked goods are cannabis infused. Yeah, we yeah. Uh, solely THC. do THC for yeah. now, yeah. Um, there's a lot of leg um, legality regarding CBD and hemp CBD, so mm -hmm. we haven't been... It's, product. And it's fascinating to me, like the evolution. I mean, it makes so much sense because we are getting into a lot of edibles and it's getting so regulated and, and, and controlled, oh, you yeah. know, like, you know, I mean, that, that's a great thing for me because like you said, I've had it, I've had an edible when I was in college and, you know, I had people that were, you know, cooking down the oil, making it into spaghetti. A, it just tasted like weed. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it really did it taste like weed oil. And then I was high for like 37 days, <laughs> you know, and I, I just, I was like, that was the most terrible experience in my life, you know, but now you're able to get it down into such like minute nuanced controlled like like reasonable doses you know it's really evolved and it doesn't taste like it just doesn't taste like like weed oil it tastes like great mango chili you know uh, uh, jelly yeah I mean that's the goal right we want it to taste delicious and then we want people to understand that they can enjoy in moderation. You know, mm -hmm. there are people that can take down 100 milligrams at a time, right. and there are people that need it for medical purposes that um, will eat a lot. But for me, you know, five milligrams is more than enough. Yeah. You know, and when people are making stuff at home, you don't know what you're eating. Uh -huh. You know, you could yeah. be eating way too much, which is generally the case. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think with the testing and the proper portioning, you know, more people will be able to try this and feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, it's scary. You don't want to be high for two days and exactly. You know, and if Uncle Joey's making brownies, you might be. You know, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, if you're measuring out down to the microgram or half gram or yeah. whatever else, you're like, okay, I can start here. You know, and then try another brownie if I want to, and if not, you know, then I'll move on to Stouffer's. They're know. sort of well, bite-sized. <laughs> they're like they're like small bite-sized. Yeah, kind of little. And you can even goods. cut those in half. And um, our confections are at five milligrams, and you can cut the jellies in half really easily. Um, and I just think it's 
better to start to see your tolerance and wait. I think that's the main thing. People don't feel high, and so they'll eat a ton more within mm. an hour, mm-hmm. and then you're gone. So you need to wait. <laughs> Patience mm-hmm. is key here, because you can't go back, right? So um, I think that's the biggest thing, is just now that things are tested, just paying attention to what your tolerance is and starting off slow. And what are, what are some of the, the surprises that you've had in terms of your marketplace and your customers? I mean, who, who, who's the customer that's evolved and who kind of came out of the woodworks? And you're like, oh, wow. Um, everybody. That's yeah. a crazy thing. You know, when it was back in 2015 and um, we were doing higher milligram stuff, there was definitely a specific audience mm-hmm. for that. Um, but now, I mean, I feel like it's so mainstream, yeah. like moms, grandmas, um, you know, mm-hmm. 21-year-olds. A lot of people come to San Diego to visit and purchase product as well. Yeah. Um, it's huh. definitely a tourism destination for that. So, hmm. yeah, I mean, I can't say there's a specific type of person mm-hmm. at this point, which is great, right? I mean the stigma is gone yeah or at least leaving i would say and you look at yeah i mean when i did that story you look at sanjay gupta who was against you know medical marijuana yeah. for the longest time and then he did six months of research and you know, wrote in time magazine he's like, he's oh, like i am so sorry i was drastically misinformed yeah. and yeah. i you know just just knee jerk went against this and you know i'm t- terribly wrong there's a lot of medical um uses for it you know? yeah absolutely what do you find the san diego community of the sort of people that are other people that are doing cannabis infused stuff I mean, is it easy to sort of find places to sell it? Is Do you feel like you have a lot of competition? What's the community like in San Diego? San Diego is our hub. So we are in most shops in San Diego and have mm-hmm. a great relationship with them. Um, you know, as we get farther north, most companies are based up there. So they have more of a stronghold up there. So in this business, it's a lot about personal relationships, like mm-hmm. any business really. Right. But um, San Diego definitely enjoys edibles in general, um, I think that we enjoy a lot of gluten-free and vegan items here. So um, those sell well in the shops down here. Huh. Um, but then the decadent items, such as the Best of Both Worlds, is our best seller. So, Which is? Um, it's a fudgy brownie with a chocolate chip cookie pressed into it. It's really good. It nice. sounds simple, but it's really good. Now, what is, I mean, is it hard to, was it hard in the beginning to get rid, rid of that, you know, um, the flavor of the use, use oils, right? Um, yeah, resins. Um, we use oil, um, and there's still going to be a slight flavor, right? Yeah. But it's not unpleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that it's only 10 milligrams, it's extremely minimal. With the higher dosed items, the taste is. And I think Hard I mask, think everybody's right? actually everybody loves that that taste of, of weed a little bit. I think it's like it when, you, bother when me. you're walking on the beach, especially in my in my neighborhood, like <laughs> Ocean Beach, you know, and you smell it, and you're like, even if you don't smoke, you're like, that smells really nice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a good segue because that's our hot topic. Speaking of being tempted by the smell of food. <laughs> oh, that was a transition. Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. David gave me for that transition. Um. So there was a study done on the food delivery apps and services like Uber Eats and Grubhub. And apparently, if you're the paranoid type, you should stop listening. There's a little um, warning there. But I guess a lot of people, 30%, they admit to taking food from the takeout order before delivering it. Like Troy said, stealing a couple of French fries. 54% admitted they're often, quote, tempted by the smell of the food. And this um, this is not surprising. 85% 
say they want, uh, 85% of customers say that they would prefer restaurants use tamper evident labels to address the issue. So you like, you know, put a sticker over it so you can't open it. But oh God, Almost 30% of delivery Ugh. drivers are taking a bite of your food on the way. Now this was I'm done probably by probably sneezing and who knows uh, My biggest fear is the car stops and the food flies onto the floor and they, pick it up. And mm. they just like, shum, oh, whoops, whoops, whoops. Oh, God. And then you eat like <laughs> bottom of the car seasoned fries. See, that's why we should just go back to pizza delivery. Nobody takes mm-hmm. a slice yeah. of pizza. No one. Nobody. How do you, uh, you can't do that. I mean, I would notice instinctively. I would be like, nope, there's a piece of my pizza missing. Right. Even there's a little cheese off the, the corner. Yeah. Yeah, one pepperoni. I'm like, no, no, no. I can see the indentation right there. You know, but it should be said that Postmates said that it was less than 0.06% of the reports it receives was um, food tampering. You know, Except so the survey said 30%. This is, the survey was done by U.S. Foods, which is a supplier for most major restaurants in the United States. Oh, so they're trying to get us off delivery. Um, I, well, I, Maybe I, I, that's I was trying to... That's a good point, delivery. though. That's a good point. I was trying to think about their angle on this and whether or not they had a vested interest. But I mean, look, food delivery is... is helps restaurants there's an argument against that too because of the delivery fees and everything else but ideally you know uh, something like DoorDash or Postmates you know does help increase sales of restaurants I mean this industry is going crazy right now I mean it's uh, the the delivery services are always um, in the top 40 download apps Um, 2015 was the first time that Americans spent more money in restaurants than in grocery stores and in 2020 they're expecting that more that more than half of restaurant spending is projected to be off premise more than half Whoa. that means that we're not we're going to get restaurant food but we're going to get it from postmates we're going to get it to go we're going to get it somewhere else okay let's survey the podcast room david are you a postmates grubhub or uber eats person not really not david says kind of no how about you yeah like david nice. walks okay now, that's good i'll say i cook a lot and i um i cook a lot and then i go out to eat a lot you know so there's those nights when i'm like i don't want to go out to eat i don't want to cook yeah. you know so i oh absolutely you do it. we will get some panang curry delivered from postmates yeah yeah okay so you're an every once in a while are you a postmates person or an uber eats mm, not really once in a while now that i have kids um Sometimes you're married to a chef too. Like yeah, you, there's yeah. two chefs in the house. But sometimes the kids are just not uh, restaurant material, so yeah. we have to stay home. <laughs> right. So yeah. I'll get it delivered. Yeah. What about you, Wing It? Uber Eats exclusively and only for things that we can't get. So we have like a very we have a, a short list of like three things. We'll mm-hmm. get kebab shop from Uber Eats because it is so inconvenient to drive to from South Park. Um, pizza every so often we'll want ogies and that's an easy order. Yeah. yeah, so simple things. I never do Postmates. I mean, I, do, listen, I just order so pizza if this I want sounds, something. Okay, so this sounds about right because the industry st- standard is that you know online delivery accounts for five to ten percent of total restaurant business. Mm-hmm. And in that, in this room, we're taking this. this yeah, so that's about right. That, that's about right. Um, but they're, they're calling it in terms of what um, is filling retail now. Um, you know, is just they call it the munch and crunch economy because fashion retail and a lot of other retail is going out. Mm-hmm. You know, now all that's really happening are these fast casual places that you can pick food up from and then crunch the gyms gyms and fast casual food are the only ones that are taking up available retail spots now um and they say they say it's still more than 60 percent of all online food delivery sales are pizza and chinese yeah, you know, well, those are safe bets, right? Safe bets. They're not going to yeah. arrive all uh, Absolutely. Here. You're going to yeah. stick my, your hand in my low mane. <laughs> you know what I right. mean? Hopefully not. Um, but the percent of people who ordered their food online last year went from 17 to 
Um, but these guys are still not making money. Like Uber Eats loses one billion dollars a quarter. Yeah, but doesn't Uber still lose money too in general? Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. five point two billion. Yeah. Five point two billion. I know. So I mean, but anyways, so we're getting kind yeah. of farther huh. away from. But I mean, it's a massive growing industry, and we're getting really used to the you know um, the convenience of it all. And like I said, I totally use it on a night when I don't want to do any cleanup. I don't want to mm-hmm. go out. I don't want to cook. And you don't want a pizza. And I don't. I, I, I never want a pizza. To be quite honest oh. with you, What's I wrong with you? I, I, I right. I mean. Look, at the end of the day, I mean, I love pizza. I do, you know, as an indulgent, indulgent food. But I mean, we found out that gluten is just not good for you. It's a bunch of cheese. It's a bunch of, I, I eat enough beef, short ribs and duck in my life. Yeah, but what my, about my your job. soul? My soul? <laughs> my, <laughs> is good for the soul. My soul is taken up by ice cream and wine. Ice cream. There you mm-hmm. go. Oh, yeah. I just yeah, have to have five. specific pizza. Like, I can't eat crappy pizza. Yeah. yeah. You oh, know, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. So, I mean... I don't know about the gluten. I disagree. Yeah. I'll eat all the gluten. Oh, that's right. but, Wait, um, I'm talking to pastry yeah, chef. Yeah, Sorry. Oh, she's like, uh, oh, wow, we went gluten free real yeah, quick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I have to have like good pizza, which is generally harder to get delivered. So mm-hmm. Yeah, so anyways, bottom line is, uh, the, um, if this study is right, 30% of the people are taking some of your fries on the way from the restaurant to your house. Ooh. So feel comfortable and not weird. creeped out whatsoever. Yeah, and hopefully weird. we get some regulation on that. Super mm-hmm. weird. Yeah, put a sticker on the thing. Um, okay, we are just about at the end of the show, you guys. We always end our show with small bites. Rachel King, will you hang around? Tell us where you like to go eat. Yes. Okay. Um, we call it two people, 50 bucks to spend. Why don't you start us off, Rachel? Where's your spot? Well, most of the places I eat nowadays are under 50, but actually my favorite restaurant in all of San Diego is Sabi Lee, and you can easily eat there for under 50, so I would highly recommend it. Good one. We've had a lot of chefs, chefy types recommend that one. Oh. That's a great one. What do you like to order? Um, spicy noodles, Penang curry, um, I probably will butcher some of the names, so excuse me. The glass noodle salad, um, larb, mm-hmm. I could eat all the things, <laughs> you know. like the whole yeah. menu. Yeah, pretty much. Control. We go a little hard when we go there, mm-hmm. but you can get it all for under 50, even if you get six things, so. Nice. Yeah. All right. How about you, Troy? Um, sticking with you know having gone down to, to Baja last week and I uh, just a shout out to one of my favorite Mexican foods Super Cocina um, is like it's just a, Super Cocina is basically the, a, a the owner is so sweet he's a nice guy he really is really friendly when you walk in the door he'll let you taste almost anything that they um, that the cooks are making back there and the cooks are all like moms they're all there's like five six moms of working over like these big stew pots making fresh daily stews every single day they have goat stews of caprito everything else i mean one of my favorite like go-to spots when i want some real i hate the word authentic but it's just it is i mean it's mm-hmm. just mexican mamas back there cooking real mexican food that they've probably been cooking their families for generations it's so good makes me hungry right now all right how about you wing i ventured over to north park <laughs> did you check out the new <laughs> long drive um, to check out the new soda and swine. So they recently kind of reconcepted. They've been around for six years now. They looked at their, you know, they looked around and went, we've got to redo this. Like, this doesn't work anymore. It's kind of dying. Let's reinvigorate and let's redo. So they closed it for about a month, two months, and added lots of kitschy decor, plants, and completely redid the menu. And the internet has actually been quite up in arms uh the dirty fries are off the menu and the internet's up in arms no way the entirety of the internet has never been upset and now they are it's crazy i don't even remember what the dirty fries were there to you they were just like kind of like loaded fries like jason was like why do people like these fries like this is ridiculous and so he got rid of them and he replaced them with italian canadian pizza fries 
O M F G. Not light. Oh, not throwing airy. the F in there. <laughs> oh, like you don't. Um, at least I just said it. Um, but yes, it comes with burrata. It comes with meat sauce. It is so delicious. Definitely um, not a light bite, but and everything on their menu. It's just kind of new ingredients, better quality stuff. You can still get your meatball, um, but they're having more fun with it. And You're you can still a, go around the back to mm-hmm. play provisions. You're not with a human being. You're not a human being. <laughs> I'm just, I, I'm shocked. She's every week she comes in here. Like, look at her. She's a, she's a very nice felt woman. Uh-huh. And she's just like, I had 17 pizzas. <laughs> you know, I put gravy on them and then I put some more cheese. What did I eat last <laughs> week? Know. Fried pasta. And pasta now I'm at pretty glorious. Yeah. I say live it up, man. Uh, okay, if you guys want to leave us your two people, 50 bucks, we love hearing from you. Uh, we have a voicemail to um, to talk about on this show, but I'm going to give you the number 619-744-0535, 619-744-0535, or email us happy half hour, all spelled out at sdmag.com. All right, David, play it. What do we got? Hey, guys, this is John from North Park. I love the show, and I just wanted okay. to share my two people, 50 bucks. It is Cardamom Cafe and Bakery in North Park. It is right <laughs> so where 30th Street meets Upas. It's a cute little mom and pop breakfast place. Uh, the owner, Joanne, is the sweet, hardest working old lady in town. My wife and I love to go there because we have a one-year-old. It's great for kids. I like the soy rizzo omelet. It comes with a jalapeno cream cheese. My wife likes the eggs benedict that come with homemade English muffins. If you have the kiddos, they have uh, homemade freshly baked pastries which are good if you don't have kids then i would say feel free to walk across the street when you're done to bluefoot a little neighborhood bar <laughs> that's open early on the weekends because of the soccer games get yourself a couple bloody marys or a couple of mimosas to start the weekend and it's a great start to the weekend well, now Aww. I'm sad everyone's moaning that they close. Yeah, yeah, but but for good reason. She, you know, ran it. Both her kids have left the nest, and she's like, I'm going to be a retired yeah, she works person so with hard. no yeah, yeah. responsibility. So, so I say we just let that it. live as an ode. Mm-hmm. An ode to yeah. a so long-time local businesswoman. Why did woman. no one buy it? No, mm-hmm. someone no, they, did. They did. Oh, they did. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she sold the business, but it's still kind of an end of an era. Mm-hmm. I mean... Okay, well, yeah, and they are still here till late August, so this month. Those are memories of food, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Those are those are important, too. Yeah, love it. Uh, okay, you guys, that's our show. Make sure you go to sandiegomagazine.com to find links to everything that we talk about. Oh, yes, we want to make sure you can you know where you can get, um, sorry, Canico. Where can you get yeah, your stuff? Yeah, come try us out. Uh, in San Diego, we're sold at a ton of places. We are at SDRC, at Tory Holistics, March and Ash, and Harbor Collective, and um, we're all the way through California, so you can always look us up on our website or on Weed Maps as well. And we will make sure to link to the site at sandiegomagazine.com okay. as well. Thank Over you. 200 dispensaries yeah. there, and local success Whoa. story. All right, it's well, exciting. congratulations, lady. Now that yeah, you're not embarrassed so about it, you've done it really, really well. <laughs> <laughs> now you can come talk about it. It only took four years. Awesome. I can't wait to hear your stories after you try this.